Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. And so Christmas begins, and I just want to say, man, as I was worshiping back there, there's no greater feeling and emotion moment when you're worshiping is when the, you can't hear the band anymore. <laughs> When you guys are singing so loud, that's just encouraging and in a way that just changes my life. And so thank you for worshiping with them this morning. And, and it just, it's just fun to be in here in this, this, this moment, especially as we launch into Christmas. And, and as we launch into this brand new series called God With Us, over the, over the years we've had a couple ideas with, 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 with us. And we called a sermon series Believe With Us. And, you know, it's just where we sort of talked about and focused on our vision and our mission uh, for our community, as Jesus is at the center of everything we say and do as we center point and live for him. Uh, we've had Easter with us, and where if there's no Easter, let's just be honest, to be honest, Christmas is not as nearly as significant, right, as we think, because, but Easter did happen, praise God, right, and where Jesus came out of the grave, so that's why we get to, to talk about today, or begin, God with us. And so for the next four weeks, what we want to try to communicate in this series is, 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 is that God is with us, and that it's not just a story that we tell during Christmas time, but it's, it's the foundation piece and scripture piece uh, for those who are followers of Jesus, uh, because we are going to look at the power of this, this term, this theological term, or, or this word called incarnation, which really just means God became flesh. He dwelt with us. He lived with us. He, he was one of us. God with us. And if you have your Bible, we can go ahead and turn it and look right into the scriptures and, and go ahead and turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter one, right there at the very beginning. If you don't know where Matthew is, just sort of open up the middle of the Bible. You might get lucky and hit it, you know, uh, but it's, it's right there in the middle and it's a book called Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel. Uh, you probably heard it before, but in Matthew chapter one, he begins to tell the story of, of the genealogy of Jesus. And then we get into how Joseph accepts the birth of, of how Mary is going to conceive Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit. And, and then we get to fulfill what the Lord has to say through the prophets, you know, through this, this one piece in Matthew chapter one, verse 23. And this is what the scripture says. And it says it this way, it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. And she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? Let's say it together. They will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Now, some of you are like, God with us. God with us. I want you to say it like you mean it. They will call him Emmanuel, which means Now I want you to just whisper it. Call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Pretty cool, isn't it? It's pretty cool just to say God is with me. It feels different than being all alone, doesn't it? I mean, let's just be honest. Not only many people just love to be alone. A lot of people love to be around people. But even in those moments of clarity, it feels like sometimes we're all alone. I mean, there's Christmas songs everywhere right now that just, it's the most wonderful time. See, you've heard the song too. I won't sing for you anymore, but I can if you want me to. There we go. See, somebody wants to be cheered up today. But the truth is, it's not the most wonderful time of the year for a lot of people. 
This is the truth. Whether you want to admit it or not, I can dress up as Buddy the Up and sing loud and proud all to hear, but some people just ain't got a clue or just don't, they don't even want to know. They don't even want to be a part. They're in a valley. They're stuck. They're just all alone. And I don't know where you're at spiritually today, but if we're honest, most of you, if you're just looking at the spiritual meter of life, about the ups and the downs, even like our weather was this past week. I mean, last Sunday, it was warm. It was awesome. It was 60-some degrees. Monday, the snow hit with ice. By midweek, it was warming up. Thursday, it was all gloomy. It was cloudy. It was just fog everywhere. And then Friday and, and Saturday, it was just raining, and it looked like Seattle. I mean, it was crazy, right? Does that sound about right for your meter where you're at spiritually, up and down, especially in this season? Got to get here. Got to go do that. And then all of a sudden, you just feel all alone because you got left out of that one Christmas party. Is that that way it feels some days? I didn't get invited. I didn't get a Christmas present. I didn't get it. It's just the highs and the lows, and you're just trying to balance it all out. And for those of you who claim to be a Jesus follower today, it's, see, it's easy to believe that, that God is with us when, when things go our way or we're just on the mountaintop, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to, to say I'm all in when you're up there celebrating Jesus up here, when you're on the mountaintop with God. But it's easy to believe that God is with us when we're up there. Because if we could use the quote from the Lego movie, like my son does sometimes, everything is awesome. That's right. Everything is awesome when you're up there. Think about it. From good news from the doctor that that, that, that thing is not the C word, right? Or maybe you got the job promotion. Or, or let's just dig in a little bit deeper. Maybe the kids clean the house. I mean, it's just that awesome this week, Right? Maybe it's straight A's for you as a student. God is so good that he gave you an A in chemistry when you didn't deserve it. You know it too, right? Because, you know, you you just know you didn't pass that test. You see, it's easy to sense the presence of God when things are going good and and when you're on the mountaintop. But what happens when we find ourselves in in the valley? What happens when you find yourself stuck in a rut? You see, sometimes it's more challenging to sense his presence when you're in that valley, isn't it? Come on, let's just be honest, isn't it? When things just don't seem to go like you're playing with God. And I love to put that phrase in there, like you planned with God. You see, maybe it's bad news that you lost your job. Or you you failed the chemistry test and you lost the scholarship and now you don't know how to tell your parents. It it could be that that big C word from the doctor has now radically changed your life and you don't know what to tell or how to even explain it to your family. Maybe it's because you're physically hurting because you fell and broke something this week. And maybe it's it's when you you feel a little bit alone because you thought you'd be married by now. Or maybe your spouse is cheating on you and you don't know what to do about it. It could be even that your spouse has filed for divorce and you don't want it. Possibly a family going through an addiction together. A family member that's lost or you just lost a family member. Maybe you're just worried, you're afraid, possibly even battling depression. You see, today I want you to know how God is in the valley with us, and he is fighting our battles in every step we take there. Even when we can't see it, we can't feel it, he is with us. Even though you may feel alone, 
He's actually surrounding us every step of the way because, say it with me, God is with us. God is with us. And if you don't take anything else away from this morning, I hope and and pray you understand that God is with us this Christmas season, just like he has been in every Christmas season in the past and every single day of the year and, and in the presence. And when we get to celebrate with him in heaven one day, he is with us. And if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what else will. You see, in life, we can, we can begin going alone, along, and everything is really, really good, isn't it? And when we, where we work, where we live, where we play, and, and you're a constant light to others, and then all of a sudden it hits, doesn't it? It hits. That one thing that trips us up and causes us to stumble down the mountaintop, all the way down, and you slide all the way in that muck, and we land in that valley where we can't see the sun anymore. Everything is just darkness to surround us, and, it, and it's, it's more of a dim light at the very end, and it seems so, so far away. It seems like it's way down there. Remember this. I want you to remember this. Remember that a valley, a valley has an end, an end. It has a beginning point, and it has an end. You're going to make it through it. Those mountains may feel like you can't escape, but you have to keep going because God is with you. Just like the psalmist says, and it's probably a very familiar verse to you, and you probably have heard it at funerals most often. Psalms 23, 4, it says, even though I walk through the what? The valley of death or the darkness valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Now, this is just me interpreting this, but I feel like, you know, if you're a fan of martial arts or, you know, Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee, I I imagine him going through and just kicking butt all the way down for me, you know, and clearing a path out for me. His rod, his staff, man, they're just taking people out. Those things in front of me, they're they're comforting me because he's with me throughout that duration. You see, it's challenging, though, when you're stuck and you don't feel like you can see any way out. It's challenging when things are going really good and it just trips you up and it just throws you in the middle of it. When my wife and I got married, everything was amazing. It was awesome. The whole summer, literally in that, that year, was just amazing. I got a job as a campus pastor and she was finishing out school. We were blessed to, to find a place to live for free and they supported us and they loved on us. And, and that fall semester came and we were trying to figure out how to choose between going to, you know, for the very first time, two Thanksgivings, two Christmases and everything else that you have to do with families and you're trying to blend them all together. And it, that was one of the hardest decisions to try to figure out, but that, that's what it felt like. It, that was the worst decision we had coming to us. Life was truly, well, it was awesome, you know, it was just simple. And at Thanksgiving, though, Sarah's mom and dad decided to reveal to us something very significant. And everybody was gathered around, and we didn't know what was about to take place. And, a, and a, it was a word that we had never had to personally deal with. And all of a sudden, it was the big C word it was cancer. You see, we went from a mountaintop experience of being married and coming into that season and everything amazing to very quickly into the very dark place because we didn't know what was next. You see, our first Thanksgiving was was supposed to be awesome, and now we're full of guessing what's next. And after a month of guessing what's next, that literally on December 26, we gathered around Christmas, and we were just praying and, and 
you know, let's not worry about this. And I remember the doctor saying, let's not worry about this. You guys just go enjoy Christmas and, and we'll talk about it after Christmas. And on December 26th, those weeks of praying and gathering as a family, it's supposed to be perfect moments. Your first Christmas, your first Thanksgiving together as a family and all these photos, right? It's supposed to be awesome moments. We're not so perfect. And that December 26th morning, we met in Louisville, Kentucky. And the doctor walked into the office and I couldn't, I didn't want to sit out in there. I chose not to. I was the only person in the family that sat on the outside. And I was just praying for a miracle. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I heard the gasp in the room. I heard the quietness of the moment. I heard the clocking of the click, clock, click, clock. Everything just sort of stopped. You have four months to live. A mountaintop to a valley. I never got to know my mother-in-law. I don't know why God takes you those moments, and I don't know why we have to get stuck in them. But I can tell you the presence of God was in that room. You see, our first year of marriage, in the middle of so many mountaintop experiences, it was amazing moments, and, and, it, and it should have been full of more moments if we could have had hashtags back in the day. We didn't have those teenagers. It would have been nothing but hashtag this, hashtag that, man, Christmas 2001. Awesome times, but man, it was not awesome. It was awesome that we were trying to experience a God, but we were stuck in a valley and we just did not see the light. We didn't make it through our first year without a valley that changed everything for us. But my question here today is, what about you? What's your valley look like? Where have you stuck? Where did you get hung up? Are you still in it? Do you feel all alone? Because I can tell you the only way I made it through is because I have a God that's bigger than me that drug me through it and allowed me to lead my wife. And we saw what the sun looks like when we came around that corner together. But for some people, I know that you're still stuck. You're still stuck in that, that moment. You're still stuck in the valley and you feel like you've been crying out for years and it, and it could be a tragedy that comes down and in and it just steals everything that you've been hoping for because of a car wreck. Or you got, you got your, your, your spouse right there beside you all of your life and then you, all of a sudden you found out that he's been cheating on you or she's been cheating. Possibly even a child whose decisions are not just hurting them but hurting the entire family through an addiction. Whatever the family or whatever the issue is, I know that we all go through a valley of some sort. And some of you, you're going through it right now. You just fell in. You went from a mountaintop experience straight down. And maybe for some of you, there's six or seven good things that are going on in your life and it feels really well and it feels good. But every once in a while, there's that secret, that secret sin that, that is tripping you down into the valley and you're trying to get out, but it's, it's more about you and not him. You see, with the time that we have left today, what I would really like to focus on is, is I, I want to ask God, where is God in those valley moments? Where is he? And when we dive into scripture, it's significant that the valleys represent several things in life. In the valley, there's often battles that took place. The truth is that, that you may be in a battle in the middle of a valley of addiction or something else, a family issue, 
Valleys were also were a season of desperation where we cry out for God and, and that's where, that's where your, your season of desperation, we cry out and we scream, God, Father, where are you? And that's where you're, you feel like no one's listening. You see, valleys are also seasons of loneliness where we feel like no one is with us. We feel like we're surrounded by darkness. The crazy thing is valleys are, are also a time of growth. And what we know is valleys change lives. It's changed mine. And if we use our words, it changes others because we, we sort of point back to the one who got us through it. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but you really get to know him differently when you're in the valley. You really change what you care about when, you're, when, you, when, you're, when you start to move through it and you trust him with everything. And if you're taking notes, maybe we could say it this way. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. And I grew up in a Baptist church, and I don't know if that's true, but for you, but when you say something significant, that's an amen moment. I mean, I don't know if you've been there yet, but we may enjoy God on the mountaintops and we might sing for all to hear, but man, we really get to know him when it's only me and him in that valley. And we get to really intimately know him when it's all we can depend on. And when we lean in for everything that we are, there he is standing with his arms wide open saying, I am here. And some of you know exactly what that feels like. The sad part is, some of you never reached out and reached for his hand. You just allowed him to comfort you for that moment, and you took off running without him. His rod and staff didn't comfort you no more. You, you climbed that mountain back up instead of going through it to change your life. You did it on your own instead of with him. And if you remember that scripture, the scripture that's really important in the Bible, it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He's reaching out. He gives something and you just have to receive it. See, some valley moments is, is nothing more than you just reaching out and saying, I receive. I receive. And then you move through. See, in the middle of your Bible there, there's about 150 letters called the Psalms. And that the psalmist leaves for us to read and put in application in the daily, your, your walk every single day. There's a, there's a verse literally for every single day, guarantee it. And, and I know we could all have different verses and we could all say that maybe something even twice, but there's still more psalms there than, than possibly we could read in, in, in a setting. And I know, I know this, in, in, in the middle of that, there's, there's this chapter called chapter 84. And maybe you, you probably know it. I, I know you probably do, but maybe you don't. Maybe you glazed over it like a Krispy Kreme donut. And, and, and I don't know, but maybe, maybe in chapter 84, there's, there's this verse that if you grew up during my time, there's this, there's this verse that, that, man, it just became a theme song for me during my college days, and I, and I love it. You know, and maybe if I start to sing it, you, you'll start to understand it. But in verse, you know, verse 10, it really says this. It says, better is one day in your courts. Yeah, see, maybe you know it too. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your... Better is one day in your courts. A thousand elsewhere. Off key, just a little bit. But I love that song. 
Man, I remember us singing it for the first time back in probably 96 and 97, and we just jamming in the BSU, and we started singing. We are just going down the street singing it. We started street ministry singing it. Better is one that we had a little slap box that was really cool, that was really new. I mean, we were just like, we didn't know what we were doing. It was just boom. We were beatboxing. See, I can't do it. And so we were just having fun, and we were just going after better is one. We were just singing it. I remember getting with it. But I never did read the first part of it, and probably you didn't either. But that's where we need to camp out today. And so if you got your Bible, go to Psalms 84. Psalms 84, verses 5 through 7. It'd be on the screen behind me. But this is what it says. We're going to see where God is in the valley with us in Psalms 84. And we're going to see how better is one day. Better is one day. So Psalms 84, verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage, And as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rain also covers it with pools, and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Now, the valley of Baca, the valley of Baca, say it with me. Valley of, come on now, say it with me. Valley of? I know some of you are here in Chewbacca, but it's not, okay? You're thinking, oh, this is where he's from. No, no, it's not, okay? Uh, it's Baca, Baca. And, and, and the Valley of Baca is is, is, is amazing place. Uh, it was most, mostly related to, to a tree and very, very similar spelling in, in, in the Greek and Hebrew text. And this is where trees would ooze out sap, you know? And if you walk by this tree, people would say that the tree was a weeper, a weeping tree. And it looked like the tree was honestly crying. So the Valley of Baca is translated in different ways in scriptures, and it's called the Valley of Tears. And it's called the valley of weeping. It's called the valley of loss. It's called the valley of suffering. And anytime you see the valley in the Bible, you would actually see a place where it's, it's actually kind of dangerous. There'd be thorns. There'd be something that was trying to entrap you. Or there could be wild animals or, you know, people wanting uh, to, 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 to jump out and rob you and beat you up. Hold you captive. Keep you there. You see, the bottom line, it's, it's, it's a very difficult to get through a valley this valley without something bad happening. And it's just very challenging in life to get through a valley without something bad happening, isn't it? I mean, I don't know many people that are stuck on top of the rooftops and the mountaintops for their entire life. They always go through what? A valley. And so now you know why the psalmist says in verse 5, he says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whose strength is in who? God. God gives you strength. You know, you, some of you know this verse, Philippians, what, 4.13, through Christ gives me what? Strength, right? You say it, but you don't know where it comes from. You don't know why it's wrapped around all this, because God is, is literally the one who gives it to us. We know when, when, we know when God is, is, is the author and perfecter of our faith. It changes how we, we, we make it through the valley. It's just that simple. Now, here's the part, though, where it's getting ready to get really personal. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, God. Now, I don't know if you know him, and I don't know if you call him Lord and Savior, but this could be someone who's trying to understand God more and trying to lean in here, and you're here today, and you really have never trusted Jesus, and this, this is, I want you to understand that this is, this is real, 
And I hope it starts to impact your life. But that's why like so many Christians or so-called Christians, they never really experience this because they're just fighting it on them. They're fighting the valley on their, on their own. They're going through this all alone. And they wonder why they say things like, when they're in that valley, they say, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I just don't care anymore. I can't, and I, I don't want to do anymore. I've had enough. You see, there's a reason why you say these things. It's because you don't know God intimately in these moments when they're happening around you. You feel all alone and you say a prayer, but your prayer is more about you than thanking God for the valley. I don't know if you heard that, but your prayer is more about you. Get me out, get me out, than thanking God for the moment and how he's going to push you through, through his strength. You see, the truth is, if you don't know God intimately, then what you have is, is all you have. What you have is really all you have. And but for those who are Christ followers, we believe that we have strength that goes beyond just what we have, that changes everything, that we have access to a heavenly strength. That's why the psalmist says, blessed are those whose strength is found in you, not me. You see, we believe that when we, when we get to the end, our strength, that there is a heavenly strength that, that does immeasurably more through us. Just like the author of Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is work within us. There it is again. It's at work within us, something that's going to do immeasurably more. When you think you can't go any further, if Christ is in you, he's going to do immeasurably more through you. It's going to change lives around you simply because your faith in him. It's just that's the way it works. Because God is with us. We just have to acknowledge it. You see, it is our God who, when you hit the end of your strength, his strength kicks in and it does immeasurably more than we could ever do alone. His strength in scripture says it is made absolutely perfect. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. And if you're in the middle of a valley right now, you have access to the very, very real power of God who is able, who wants to do immeasurably more and is ready to do immeasurably more through your life in your time of need. And blessed are those whose strength is found in God. God. Now here is what the text doesn't say. Blessed are those who make it on their own. It doesn't say blessed are those who pull themselves up. It doesn't say blessed are those who are really determined and want more than others and make it on their own. You see, I think one of the biggest problems in our culture today is we almost idolize the spirit of independence. And we actually kind of reward it, don't we? I don't need anybody helping me. I got this on my... I want to be financially independent, so I've got this. I want to be completely good on my own. I, I've got this. I don't want people to be there for me. I got this. I don't need God. I got this. I don't need anybody. Here's what you need to hear. We were not created to be independent. 
We were created by our God to depend on him, to depend on others, to make it through this thing called life. It's no fun to do life alone. You were created to depend on the creator that gives everything. You see, blessed are you when you realize you are a dependent, like taxes, right? You are dependent and you have a power greater than yourself when you trust him. For some of you today, this is the truth. and This is where it gets real personal. You need to confess that. You've done this all yourself. You've seen Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, but you don't know it right here at all. You know it right here, but you've never, ever done this. And this is why it feels like you're alone a lot of the times. This is why you feel like you're stuck in the valley. Because this is your power and not his power. You see, blessed are those whose strength is found in God. You need his presence this Christmas, not just this Christmas, for the rest of your life. You see, this is what it's called. This is a life. It's a pilgrimage. This is what the scripture says. It's a pilgrimage. And just as we're passing through it, that means there's something more to come. It doesn't mean once you get through the end, it's just over, over, game over. No, there's something more. You're passing through. We are in Christ. And when we have our eyes fixed on Christ, on him, no matter the valley, his strength is going to pull us through. It's going to rescue us. And, and it may leave a scar, just to be honest. And it may hurt. But that's a story worth telling, how you have changed, how it's brought you through it, and it's going to change other lives. Sometimes it's to get you where you really appreciate the presence of the power of God. It's just that simple. You have to push through a little bit more pain to get to the presence of the goodness of God. You see, our stories of pain, my mother-in-law is a story of suffering and pain, and it actually trickled through the whole family and allowed her to see, the cool thing about it, it allowed us to see so many other people to come to know Christ in just a short period of time. In that valley, in that moment, those four months, man, I saw four, five, six, seven, eight people come to know Christ simply because she wouldn't shut up about the valley. It was awesome. I've never seen anything like it. I watched my father-in-law give his life to Christ for 60-some-odd years. He lived like a hell raiser. That's a word. I don't even know if it is. But it's those moments of clarity where you just, he just didn't care. But I watched him finally come into a bedroom and kneel at the foot of the bed and says, what do I got to do to make her stop suffering? And she looked at him and said, I'm not suffering. I'm just going through it with Jesus. Literally, she just stands up and starts talking to him about Jesus. And in a moment, he confessed everything. And I saw Jesus in him for the first time. Now, he's a baby Christian, and he still cusses a little. That's okay, I guess, you know? <laughs> but you can't undo 60 years worth of stuff. Just, that, I mean, it's just, he's got to work at it. He's got to work with God, because God's still pulling him through the valley. And I do know that he does, because he's talked to us about it. He talks to us about not just how he gets to see Sheila one day, but it's like, well, that's different. It's a different friend. It's an amazing moment. He struggles, but we get to see God in him because God is with him. You see, there's goodness in that moment. 
And in her story of pain, my mother-in-law, all the suffering allowed to see other people come to know Christ in that valley. And in the very end, we were able to witness her last breath of goodness, of I see the light. You see, yes, they were tears. Come on now, let's just be real. There were lots of tears in that room. But the pain was worth it to experience all the goodness that came from God that just wanted to be there in, in the, our weakness through his strength. You see, Hebrews 12, 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the pioneer of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, he went through it. Joy to the world. I don't know how much joy this is, but he did it. And he was screaming out for all to hear. Joy to the world. And he was able to experience the goodness that came from it three days later. But we got to fix our eyes on him because he went through it too. And he's wanting to pull you through that valley. He's wanting you just to look into his eyes and receive the gift that has been given. And so you can start to move through this valley of Baca. There may be too much to do over the next few weeks of Christmas. And time is against you. The clock is already ticking. You know, you have 365 days to prepare for this, and some of you haven't even started. The pressure with all these Christmas presents and parties and gifts, and just to keep up with all the family gatherings, it, it, it may be your mind is wondering, how are you going to even pay for Christmas this year? And whatever the valley is for you, I want you to fix your mind on the goodness of God on the goodness of who Jesus is, because he is with me. He is with me. His presence is with us. And when we are with him, better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. You see, it's not just a song. It's a life. And last, in verse six, it says this. It says, as we pass through the valley of Baca, so literally we're passing through it, they make it, they make it a, a place of springs. In other words, they may be in the valley right now, but the valley is not our destination. We're just passing through it. It may be a valley right now, but, but this is not my home. I'm journeying to a place of peace. I'm just passing through. My God will get me through this moment. I'm just passing by. Remember Psalms 23? We said it earlier. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil because what? You are with me. You see, we may be in a valley but remember, I'm just passing through. It may be a difficult time, but God's going to get me through it. It may be hurting right now, and I feel all alone, but I'm not going to be hurting forever. God is going to pull me through this moment. It may be dark in the place where I'm at right now, but we're just passing through because I see the light. Through the valley of Baca. What I've come to learn over the years, especially as a church planner, there are times I find myself in the valley. Uh, there's no greater joy than, than being on top of the mountain when we're singing and, and having fun and moments like we've just had today as a family and you get to see people come to know Christ and even 
going public services and everything else that we've been able to experience with Gobble Gobble Give, where the 750 people get meals, and just you get to see you guys move from here to there, and then you challenge yourself to do something immeasurably more that God only gets the credit for. But there, if I'm honest, but there's moments when I stumble and tumble down in the valley of Baca. And I hit the valley pretty hard, and I get stuck. It feels like the battle is on when there's friends that literally attack you. You find out they say negative things, and you find out that they just hit you across the face. Or maybe it's something that you just can't see financially, and you just didn't see it coming, and it just hits you. Or maybe it's something more. Maybe it's, I don't trust you, God, with this one. You see, Satan, Satan wants me to give up. He wants me to feel the pressure as the enemy is closing in and attacking from all its fiery darts that get you in the valley of tears. And, and to be honest, some days I don't fix my eyes on the author and perfecter of my faith. The only way I know how to get through those moments is the only to give everything over to him and say, I can't do this anymore. You take it. And those are the moments when I know that there's people around me praying. And even this week, there was a moment where I was not having a very good morning. And my wife prayed over me. And within literally three minutes, I had texts from North Carolina, here in Kentucky, and one in, 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 in Washington State the most random text within three minutes, all of them came in. You know how I know this to be true? Because God is with me. Even when I think the battle is on like Donkey Kong and I'm being surrounded by all the barrels being thrown at me, okay? That's what it feels like. But he's like, I got him. My staff is, he's just breaking it out and going crazy. Yeah, I got him. And all of a sudden, text messages come flooding in. Hey, man, just want to let you know I'm loving on you, praying for you. We're supporting you. We're just cheering you on. You got this with God's strength. I don't know how else to explain it other than that God is real. It's not just something we talk about and have Christmas decorations. He is real. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. God with us through every single moment. And if that doesn't fire you up, man, I just... I was ready to charge the gates of hell with a water pistol that day. That's all I had. But I was ready. And you have to realize this. God may show you that the way through the valley is not out of the valley. You've got to go through it. The road to the path of peace is often through the valley because it will make you stronger. You have to believe we are just passing through it. I'm, I'm just passing through it. And I love this next phrase. Is, as they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Why? Well, where it is dry, he will provide. Where it's dry, he will provide. Maybe we can use something like this. Where, where God leads, he will meet your needs. I, I don't care what the saying is. We just have to be prepared for the springs. And so for some of you, you need to start digging a hole. You need to dig it so God can fill it. It says in scriptures, if you're thirsty, he will quench your thirst. If you believe, get up. If you have faith, the, the mountain will move. It may feel like you're in a dry valley where you're at right now. 
But how you are preparing for the springs ahead will change everything. Are you digging deeper into his word? Are you making room for his provision? You see, if you dig it, he will prepare a way for you. He will provide. He will reveal himself to you. When you're in the dry place, you make a well. You dig a hole and you prepare for the presence and the provision of God to change your life. And you will be shown what a faith looks like through your faithfulness. And I love the, the, the promise of God in Scripture, James 4.8. It says it this way. If you draw near to me, you'll draw near to me, right? If you draw near to me, God says, I will draw near to you. Jeremiah 29.13, if you seek me, you will find me. If you make room for me, I will reveal yourself. I will reveal myself to you. See, I don't want you to just to rush through this Christmas this year and be stuck in another valley in 2019 simply because you feel like you're all alone and no one cares or feels for you this week. Or maybe you just feel like, I've got this, we've got this. That's not the way it was designed and I want you to know this. When we do life together, we begin to praise him in the valley of Baca. We praise him in the valley because we may enjoy him on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. And that's where life changes things. He reveals his character. He allows us to see what heart change looks like, what forgiveness we see people walk across the room and just say, I'm sorry. We've been stuck here together for a long time, but I'm sorry. I just want to move through this. I want to experience the other side of the valley together with you. We begin to change what we care about. Our pride drops and we push through. We sense his strength in a way that there is no one else who can get the credit for, for about what's about to happen because God is God. In other words, you're going to be utterly amazed during this battle. You're going to run through it, this journey, this pilgrimage to the other side, and there's no other words other than God has got this. When we fully submit, though, it only happens when we fully submit and are totally and completely in need of Jesus, the Savior to the world, who wants nothing more for us to understand the full meaning of Emmanuel. God with us because he's there every step of the way he's surrounding us ready to battle with us it may look like you're surrounded it may look like you're surrounded but that's when he has surrounded you with his presence you just have to acknowledge it so you can begin to feel the peace that comes from God with us I don't know where you're at today. But today, I pray that you could take a step, literally a step, one step, towards fully understanding what it looks like to whisper it. God is with me. You, you wasn't designed to do it alone. Like, just, just take a step out and trust. That I don't see a step there, God, but I trust you. And just go for it and see what happens. 
understand that Emmanuel is with you. The presence of God is with you. And that's the moment that changes everything. When you begin to realize that you're not alone. Through the valley, I will fear no evil. Through the valley, you're with me. Through the valley, I'm just passing through. Through the valley, I'm digging a hole. I'm getting ready to go deeper, God, with your word. He's going to fill it up. He's going to provide for me through the valley. His presence is with you. Jesus, there's a lot of things we could say here, but we're just going to say this. God, be with us right now, right here, as we begin to take steps As we begin to take steps towards you, we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith and we trust you, God. We trust you in this moment. We trust you that that you're going to do something immeasurably more and we're going to be utterly amazed by the presence of God in a way that changes lives, that changes other people's lives. God, we thank you for being with us in the valley of Baca. We thank you for being in this battle with us and surrounding us with your presence. God, we thank you for fighting this battle with us that we're not alone. Those who trust you completely, we, we find strength in that moment and we, we just, it allows us to elevate our, uh, through, through your strength and then we take on things more than we could possibly ever fathom. God, it's, it's, it's through our faith you reveal your faithfulness. God. Lord, I pray for the person here today that just has never trusted you, that we move towards you. And maybe it's something even bigger that that we feel all alone. We're just going through it and we feel like there's just nothing else out there. God, I just pray that your presence reveals your strength in a way that it, it pushes us through the valley and we grow stronger in you, God. That we're filled up through your word, through your presence, and more importantly, through your love that you sent can change everything. God, that's my prayer. And I thank you so much for what's about to happen. In your name, amen.